Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hi and welcome to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Una. I'm Nav. How are you doing, Nav? Yeah, not bad. We're, we've been having some pre-record issues with, with the technology, but I think we're we're just about there. Fuck Wi-Fi. Like, there's, there are many things about technology that I just feel like, how is it 2020 and this is still happening? Like, Wi-Fi doesn't work. Printers are shit. I can't think of any others at the moment, but there's lots. Well, I mean, given how much of our life is governed by Wi-Fi, like that not working then just has like a secondary impact on like loads of stuff. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, should we jump straight into our EastEnders news this week? Yeah, we do, we haven't got anything major to update the fans on, usually because they know more than us. But um, <laughs> we just want to give a little shout out to Shannon. So, So we put a call out last week for any of our american listeners to get in touch and shannon kindly did get in touch and i have a feeling they joined twitter just to interact with us looking at, at no their way, profile. really yeah wow. which is really sweet of them so Very yeah shannon that. shannon is a american listener never been to the uk has been listening since the the glory days of the mid 90s and and uh also had a theory on who uh is coming for ian and and her she bet is on did. is on sharon yeah, I saw. And then she also said that she wanted it to be Dotty or Dot. She said Dot. I'm not sure whether she went Dot or Dotty. Obviously, Dot has left. Um, but it reminded me that I like had totally forgotten about Dotty's whole vendetta against Ian. Yeah, and actually, I'd completely forgotten as well. And I was looking at a gossip website's like list of suspects, uh, and even they didn't include Dotty in in terms of who's wow. going to get Ian. So I wonder if it's because people feel like that storyline has been resolved and she's not got any kind of ace in the sleeve anymore, if that's the phrase. Yeah, maybe. What a shift. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. But um, just got to say, it's like pretty cool to me that there are people in the US who have never even been to the UK who watch EastEnders. It's weird, right? Because American culture is so dominant, it's not remotely weird given the amount of like American TV we watch. And yeah, I have yeah. been to America, but not until I was an adult. And I watched like loads of of, uh, of American TV as, as a kid. Um, mm. But yeah, the other way around just feels weird, right? Yeah, it does. It does. But Shannon, if you ever come to the UK, luckily you'll know everything about our culture already. <laughs> I think you'll pe- fit right in. I think people in the North might object to EastEnders being like a, a, <laughs> a blueprint for British culture. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Midlands, so yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's a there's a Midlands soap called Doctors that Shannon might want to get into, and then you'll really understand Una and I. Love Doctors. Yeah. That's a really <laughs> absolutely correct representation of my life. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, we didn't have an awful lot of other news. Like, I can give a little update on EastEnders on Strictly slash I'm a Celeb. Yeah, please do, because I don't watch other TV, apart from Made in Chelsea, which no one wants to hear about. Uh, you know what? I was literally going to tweet something earlier about how so many people I respect in my life uh, watch Made in Chelsea, and uh, I can't I can't cope with it. Like, it's just... just it's yeah, really just incredibly good TV. I think you just need to, like, understand it a bit more. Do you know what it is? And now we're just chatting about a completely different TV show. So we, we may we may end up cutting this out, but um, 
Yeah, I just object to seeing so many people with unearned wealth on the TV. And no, it's great because they—they're miserable. They're having a shit time, so it's fine. Yeah. They're just like really rich, but also like their lives are awful. So it's very enjoyable to watch. All right, I will. I will reserve judgment. I don't think I'm ever going to get on the same page as that. But uh, I, have, <laughs> I have a visceral, like a visceral reaction when I see it. Um, so and it's yeah, not, fair enough. It's not a good yeah. one, but there we go. Um, yeah, the the other programs. I'm a celeb and, and strictly. So sad news on strictly is that Maisie was in the bottom two again last week. I don't understand this. What's uh, going on? She's amazing, apparently. I've seen her on Instagram and she looks like she's amazing at it. I think it's relatively clear why she keeps an end up being in the bottom two. And if you look on social media, there is a group of people who, uh, in inverted commas, have a problem with her attitude. Ugh. And I think that's code. <laughs> For like, for she's a young woman who young likes woman. herself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> oh I think we've solved we've solved that mystery. The good um, British public. Yeah, exactly. But actually, you know what? There's a bit of uh, a bit of tension on I'm a celeb, which is quite exciting, which has crossover with uh, with Strictly, which yeah. is that Shane Ritchie, the wonderful Alfie Moon, has uh, been having a bit of tension with one of the strictly alumni who's on who's on i'm a celeb and uh, i'm very much team shane um but uh yeah you know there's some people who aren't aren't a fan of shane oh my gosh um, please tell me more about this it it comes down to the big issue of our times which is uh dishwashing comes down to dishwashing Um, so someone's not doing the dishes and shane's not happy no shane is not doing the dishes very well which is an annoyance but I would say is a minor annoyance. That is annoying. It's annoying, but, you know, you're living in the sticks. I'd say you're just going to have to cope with a certain, you know, a certain lowering of, like, hygiene levels. <laughs> um, and I feel like AJ, the Strictly person, is just a little too prim and proper. Um, and he just needs to get over it. Yeah, I feel like in a house share situation, I'm definitely on the side of, um, can you just fucking wash the dishes properly, please? But maybe if you've opted to go on a show where you like live outside, <laughs> right? maybe don't right. get too hung up on shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. And also, Una, if your house share was being filmed... You'd probably worry about how you were coming across, even though you might be correct, right? Yeah, I would tone it down a little bit, probably. I mean, I'm not. I also, yeah. I would just ask someone nicely to do that. Quite, quite. Well, you know, there we go. And 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 he was a little bit passive aggressive about it all, and a it's little a bit shame. sneaky. He was no trying to get the others on side. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like yeah. it. Well, you know, I did actually go. see. Um, so I I don't watch these shows, but I do consume like just clips of them through instagram um and i saw some nice like shane and jessica moments as well which i thought was lovely yeah do you know what there's lots of nice shane and jessica moments but it's just just a lovely bunch they're having a lovely time with each other and you know that's the kind of reality tv i like that's why i like shit like bake-off and crap like that because uh i'm just into that feel-good shit (laughs) whereas i just want to watch people with too much money having an awful time which is fine you know horses for courses but we come together on eastenders so maybe we should get (laughs) back talking about that let's do it 
Um, Nav, what was your prediction last week? Well, yeah, mine, the prediction itself was boring. And then it actually just didn't even happen. So maybe it was a blessing that people didn't get to see my prediction on screen. Um, And it was that the uh, tension between Martin and Ruby would escalate. Uh, and we just get to see a little bit more of that. And we saw Martin when it comes to the storyline of Kush and looking for Kush, but we just didn't get anything about the the Martin and Kush and, and Stacey. No, we didn't. I was, it was about three or four seconds of Martin on the Monday episode. Yeah, that was it. So as I say, a blessing, I think, that it didn't happen. So let's move on from my terrible prediction to your incredibly exciting one. What was yours? Uh, mine also probably terrible definitely didn't happen um but i guess potentially one to like throw into the mix for the ian storyline my prediction was that lexi will be the one who does something to ian absolutely i think also what was exciting about this week is that when we did the podcast last week we didn't have confirmation that like there was going to be a true yeah does ian like a shivzy and whatever the however is going to be done storyline we didn't know that was going to happen um and yeah. pretty much the next day it was like pretty much all confirmed right well i guess they like had to confirm it because you leaked it on this podcast now sorry eastenders writers i'm just you know <laughs> i don't even know the words that That's are gonna, shock for you. I, can't, I just can't predict my own predictions so i will try <laughs> to rein myself in from now on yeah, you're making that job hard, you know. Well, okay. Instead of looking forward now, maybe we should we should get to looking back at the at the last week. Let's do it. So we're already talking about Ian, and we saw quite a bit of Ian this week. And the main focus was on his uh, extremely tall son, Peter. Oh my days! So I obviously we both kind of watched last week, and uh, at the end of Monday's episode. So I watched Monday's episode on Monday. Um, and I know you kind of watch the episodes that like you binge them yeah. out in the week, but I was so desperate to message you after Monday's episode and go, what, you know, WTF Peter, he was a complete, he was a mess. Like as an actor, he was a mess. I'm sorry. It, it was really, was really terrible. Yeah. I don't like, I don't love talking about that on the podcast because it just feels a bit mean, but like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't make him like do some of those takes again. It was really bad. You know what though? I, you know, I, I think we're both on the same page as that. Is that I wouldn't want to create an atmosphere in which he doesn't get work, but he is a, a tall young white man, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, but and also, you know, it can, again, it can be the case about the way the characters written. I've seen it on EastEnders. People be, you know, quite bad. What appears to be bad actors on EastEnders, and then you see them in a kind of role subsequently, and you realise that maybe it was the way the character's written so benefit of the doubt putting all of that to one side though what was that on monday sorry yeah the conversation did this happen on monday the conversation between peter and ash it was on monday yeah yeah it was should we listen to a little clip of it as painful as it may be i mean if we have to yeah okay if we have to i think we should listen let's play it i've never been anything but good solid Dependable, you know, not flashy, not special, just honest, always ready to try and do the right thing. You know, I never upset anyone, I never hurt anyone, 
Not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> See, Lucy, she was the loud one. The one everyone sat up and took notice of, and rightly so. That's who she was, that was her. It didn't matter what she did. She'd done some pretty bad stuff, but still. She was always Dad's favourite. You know, I accepted it. You know, I didn't kick off. I thought that was my place in this family. <laughs> oh, my day. Is it me or is he, like, actually struggling with the accent a little bit there as well? Like, it made me think, is he one of those secretly posh people who's, like, actually really having to try to do the accent? Yeah, it's it's definitely not you. So, and I think you've exactly kind of pinpointed like why he has that that problem. I mean, we'll do some digging and get confirmation that he went to Rada. Um, but um, <laughs> there was the whole like uh, think and honest like, and you're like, what? Oh, what God. is what is that? <laughs> yeah, it was properly like drama school East End. Yeah, so I found that really hard to watch and I the other thing that was really difficult about it was like that Ash was there as well. Like I really don't think they've done enough work building up the idea that those two like have quite a good friendship. Like I was just like, what is Ash doing in the house? Why does she care about this? Why is she like that bit where she got all like riled up about it and was like, sod them, sod them all. <laughs> I was just like, this makes no sense, any of this. I think I think the on paper the idea of Ash and Peter gravitating to each other for me kind of makes sense. The problem in that equation for me is Peter and Peter not, you know, doing well enough in terms of like playing the role to give authenticity to that relationship. I actually think Ash in terms of like how she kind of interacted with him like I think she did a reasonably good job and I kind of like the direction they're taking with her character that there's a kind of maybe slightly like nihilist like aspect to her now. I don't know why I'm using big words like nihilist, but um, but like she's kind of after the whole like Jags thing, she's like got this little bit of like this sodder attitude, yeah. and maybe this is why she's kind of moved towards Peter. Okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It just was a bit like, why do you really like? give a shit this much <laughs> well i think we're both wondering if they're gonna have ash and peter sleep together right yeah it did cross my mind what are your thoughts on that okay well let's answer the first question in terms of like whether we think it's going to happen so my view is that probably not and i on balance say hope not but i mean like where are you i think that they probably will shit but it's gonna really annoy me i don't know maybe it's wishful thinking on my part but i'm like okay so you know ash as far as we know she is gay now but the problem the thing is and i think this is maybe why i'm less bothered about it is because you know what i kind of particularly kind of respect amongst like kind of younger lgbtq people like is that a lot of them just kind of you know identifies queer and that you know they're not limited by like you know you know having to come out as being you know having a particular preference in in one direction or the other so i don't think it's it would be like morally or it would be a problem like if she did sleep with with peter because i don't know if she's ever we've ever heard her say i am gay i am a lesbian we know she's with ikra that's as much as we know right um but i guess 
Yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that? I think if there were and had been more lesbians on the square, it wouldn't necessarily be like a moral issue. But I just feel like, you know, there's like one other lesbian on the square, not well, that has had like significant storylines before. And that's Tina. Mm-hmm. And with her, we had this thing where she kind of out of the blue slept with Billy. And it was like, yeah, okay, fine. Like they kind of built it up. It made sense why it happened, but that happened. And I just feel like if you have another character, I, I think that if Ash got together with Peter, I just think it would be like a bit of a shame and it would make me feel like EastEnders aren't really taking like gay relationships seriously or lesbian relationships seriously because can you really imagine there being a storyline where like ben or callum sleeps with a woman like out of the blue and it's just like not discussed like with tina it was just kind of like oh it's happened whereas i feel like if callum or ben slept with a woman there would be like a massive discussion around it like the issue of him of then sleeping with a woman but like being gay i just feel like it kind of like because there are so few lgbt characters in the history of eastenders it kind of delegitimizes them yeah i I agree in terms of like the overall picture of that in terms of like the way eastenders deal with that i think the problem is and i think it goes to what you're saying about comparing to kind of same-sex male relationships and and same-sex female relationships is that you know, the way EastEnders, and this is kind of historically true, I think, of all t- TV programs, is that there's something about, you know, in TV programs about being a gay male, which is like a huge departure from like being heterosexual, that, you know, it, you're moving to this entirely new world. And, you know, you can never, you know, you've you've just been waiting to be this this gay man. And you're going to assume all this kind of gay male aesthetic and there's like just never any possibility of bisexuality or or kind of being queer within that circle. Whilst on the other hand, as you completely say, like lesbian relationships are kind of treated as like, um, yeah, you maybe just haven't met the right bloke. Like that's that's the thing. And obviously the other person <laughs> we haven't spoken about is Sonia. And I think they did it particularly egregiously with, with Sonia in, in the past as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Sonia as well. That's so, yeah, that's such a good point. Right. And I think they just need a reset. I think like um, EastEnders just need a reset in terms of the, the way they deal with, you know, LGBTQ and, and queer like representation on screen. And if they made an effort then i think we would be more like accepting of you know possibly ash sleeping with peter and you know maybe tina and billy but but the problem is is that then a they haven't done any of the groundwork and b the way they do those storylines is so bad that um (laughs) it is really disrespectful so i just think they need a complete reset yeah i agree and you know maybe i'm just not being you know maybe i'm just thinking the worst maybe it's not even gonna happen but let's hope they stay responsible with this. I'm I'm fairly confident that it isn't going to happen. All right, good. I'm glad that you think that. Hopefully I'm just thinking the worst. So we've got like the Peter and the Ian tension building up. Um, a little bit of stuff between Peter and Bobby as well. Seems like Peter's going to be kind of getting Bobby on side to screw over Ian in some way. And... We saw a little bit of Ian and Suki as well. Yeah, the the suspects are all kind of being lined up now. And if it wasn't clear like last week, I think it's it's pretty pretty obvious now. So I guess my question to you now is now we've got a development of this storyline. 
do you want to reassess where you are with regards to uh, who is the likely suspect? And maybe we should start coming up with theories on how and what's going to happen. Um, I absolutely do not want to reassess. I still think Lexi is going to do it on behalf of her dad and her granddad. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay, all right, fine. I feel like you've 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 committed to this, and I, I got a lot of respect for that. I think you're you're on a on a hiding for nothing there. But but good luck, good luck. But how do you think it's going to happen then? I think oh, I don't know. Like I think maybe she'll set up like a series of traps, like in Home Alone, and like <laughs> smash him with a huge like tin of paint or something. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I would like to watch that. They could do it as a Christmas episode. It'd be great. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, given how miserable the EastEnders Christmas episodes are likely to be this year, I would quite like some light relief. So, you know, go for it, EastEnders, if you haven't written the scripts yet. I actually think Adam Woodyatt would be very good at that kind of uh, like slapstick comedy, you know, in Home Alone, where the villains like have all the different ways where like Macaulay Culkin tries to kill them. I think Ian would be great at that. I think I think Ian would be great at that. I suspect that Adam Woodyatt thinks of himself as slightly more highbrow than he actually is, so maybe he wouldn't <laughs> be on board. Maybe. Just an idea. Um, so who are you leaning towards at this point then? So this, because with this week we had kind of Peter, I guess like there's a, Ash is a little bit invested through Peter and also through Suki. There is obviously Suki herself, um, Phil and... But well, Callum now knows that F- that Ian made the call to shop Phil and Ben about the uh, heist. I don't know what else. There's definitely several more people. I think there's a lot of people in in the frame, and I think the last week, like we were being directed towards like Suki, um, but it's just it's got to be Sharon. There's so much meat to that storyline, and she's so like kind of deliciously camp that like. Yeah, I mean, you described like an incredible Home Alone scenario, but just imagine <laughs> it like, you know, Sharon, Mascara running down her face, like daggers at dawn, just the two of them in an empty pub, like, um, you know, very shots of all the different suspects. And yeah, then when we get good. the final reveal, Sharon standing over uh, Ian, um, clutching like Denny's, like teddy bear or something like wow. that. Wow, yeah. Um, there's the potential of that storyline is just incredible. So do you think um, that maybe Sharon already knows about um, what Ian did to Denny and that she's now just like biding her time? No, I don't think she'd have that much self-control, to be honest. Like, um, But um, I think she will find out and that will be the kind of it'll be like a last minute thing. So we'll be, you know, we'll be learning about all these other suspects and all their grievances, but it will be Sharon who only discovers late on. And maybe we won't even get to see it on screen. Like Maybe we don't get to see what happens and we'll get a flashback episode. But <sighs> Oh, I love a good flashback episode. You know what I'm excited about? You know what I would love to see in the aftermath? What? I would love Sharon to visit Den, uh, Dennis, like the, the, all of like the Den's graves and just be like, I did it. I did it for you, dad. I did it for you, husband slash stepbrother. I did it for you, son. Like just her like crouching at the graves. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just excited. I mean, okay. So I will be disappointed if it's not Lexi, but 
that's a pretty good alternative for me it's just got this kind of like noir like aspect to it all like you can just imagine like there being lots of rain on the square like <laughs> just excited if anyone like if anyone with hiring power from the eastenders team is listening i really like strongly recommend that you hire nav as some sort of like story consultant because this is gold right now they couldn't afford me so you know you keep doing what you're doing eastenders we'll save the gold <laughs> for get out of my pod <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll see whether it's going to be a uh, home alone style uh, child led incident or whether it's going to be Sharon getting the final revenge she deserves. Oh, God. I'm so excited by my own prediction there. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're always so good. Always so I'm good. Go- I'm going to be so gutted when it ends up being some complete nonsense. Before we move on, actually, by the way, what, who would you hate it to be in terms of like who would you be most disappointed Mm, I think I'd be most disappointed if it was like too out of character so for example if it was like Bobby or something where it was like if it was Bobby not being manipulated by Peter um I would struggle with that or if it was like Linda or someone that you would just like no they wouldn't they just wouldn't do that oh my god I've just had another thought. What if it's Peter and he frames Bobby? <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, he might do that. Oh my god. Anyway, okay, we could do this all day, so yeah, should we, we move on? Yeah, we literally could. Um, so we mentioned, I guess, potentially one of the suspects in the frame is maybe even Callum. So we saw quite a few developments from the Callum undercover story this week. Looks like Jack's rumbled him. I mean, Jack was on, like, rumbling patrol last week. He was catching <laughs> he really was. Kush, catching Callum. Uh, also, it's a very, like, I don't know, naughty style, but I'm a fan of it. Him and both Kira, who both do the kind of, like, brightly coloured suit with the, the kind of T-shirt underneath. I'm a, I'm a fan of that look. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It works. It's the businessman on the square, property owner on the square look. Yeah, well done to, to Jack and Kira for your suit t-shirt looks i'm just what do you think we should have a best dress segment not maybe not maybe this week but from like going forward we should do best dress but i don't know if i'm going to be able to remember what people are wearing we could do it at the end of the year Ooh. we could do a get out of my pod award ceremony oh my god <laughs> right should we get back on actually speaking about what happened <laughs> let's do it so callum um Seems like Callum's kind of shifting this week, isn't it? He was like, he's gone from wanting to catch Phil, have this all over with, like get on with his job, get on with his relationship. And then he sat down and got some advice from Stuart and that shifted his approach. Yeah, and I th- I recall a conversation we had, like either last episode or the previous one, where we did kind of suggest that there is a possibility that he turns on D.I. Thompson um and obviously he kind of started going down this path um do you think that kind of path has lost now that phil has discovered the the bug no i feel like callum will make up some excellent on the spot lie wriggle out of that situation i think it's it's uh yeah i think it is gonna switch up and go to uh di is it di thompson i think so yeah yeah i think he is gonna go after the cop and i think that was good advice from Stuart. Yeah, Stuart was so level-headed, and I was like, props to you, and he kind of really laid it out as to, like, do you want Ben and Phil on your case, or do you want this cop on your case? And that is no contest. 
very smart yeah very very smart yeah i mean i guess maybe though if callum does continue to go after the cop it kind of takes the central conflict out of the story doesn't it because then it's not the divide between phil and ben that we were originally looking at well maybe maybe not what i could see happening is that callum finds a way and in fact the the bug discovery might actually aid him so Callum might find a way of basically going like, look, let me find out who put the bug there. He finds that it's D.I. Thompson. And then that rolls into a storyline of him helping Phil and Ben to bring him down. What I could then see is then six months down the line, Ben or Phil or both of them discover that actually Callum was in on it from the beginning. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Right. And he thinks he's gotten away with it. And, you know, the storyline fades from the screen um and uh yeah it suddenly comes back again and actually i think that would be a good kind of revitalization of like the balam storyline um to kind of resolve it um but slightly not resolve it and revisit it but like several months later yeah i'd be up for that as well i mean we've both said it a lot of times we're both kind of bored of balam we're both like slightly bored of the balam aspect of this storyline like i'm quite enjoying the kind of like whole undercover bit of it but like i'm not at the moment like that interested in the interior dynamics of the mitchell family right right but um we did see a little bit more of gray in his role as phil's new like lawyer (laughs) Where he arranged for the sale of the dodgy cars. Yeah, I mean, you know, God love EastEnders, but they do take liberties at time. Like, in what scenario (laughs) did we ever see, like, Grey having links to the underworld? Yeah, we know he's a bad guy, but, like, we've never seen any sense that he, like, has sufficient kind of contacts with the kind of gangster world to be able to sell dodgy cars. (laughs) Yeah, who knows how he did it. Well, maybe he just did the paperwork and maybe Shirley made the connections. I don't know. I think we were being led to believe that, like, Grey was now fully, like, on the dark side when it comes to Phil. And it's like, yeah, EastEnders, you can't do that. You can't just suddenly kind of go like, oh, there's this whole aspect of him that you've never known about. <laughs> but here it is. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, it was a little bit out there, but I feel like it's one of those things that we just need to like not question too much and it probably won't come up again. Like surely Grey's got to like get found out and go to prison soon. I don't, I want to question it though, because it bugs me. It genuinely bugs me because (laughs) I think there was a way of doing that storyline. And I think Martin, as much as there was a few leaps there, particularly when it came to him, like, you know, shooting Keanu um and all of that kind of stuff there was a few leaps we had to take there but at the essence of it we always saw the kind of original martin and even this new confident martin like the original martin is still there with gray like i'm a bit like i think what you're doing is trying to add these kind of elements so that when the reveal comes like you can go he was completely a bad guy and actually i'm sure you and i like think him working for phil and selling dodgy motors probably doesn't make him that much of a bad guy anyway yeah i mean there is that aspect to it in like i thought the the abuse storyline and the way that that worked was much more convincing when he was just like this very successful like legitimate kind of like almost upper class guy and that was quite an important part of that storyline so i get you yeah you're right i think it is like it's a bit of a shame that they've started to kind of like tangle him up in all of this other kind other forms of crime that are not harmful in the same way but like are often lumped in together 
which means that like right. in society we're less likely to uh, pick up on abuse being done by people who are in like very legitimate very successful positions yeah exactly and we've kind of discussed it before about not completely monstering him and as i say i don't think you and i and in fact i don't think a lot of the viewers would be that upset in fact it's quite exciting whenever anybody gets involved with like phil's dodgy dealings and we often think more of them um so i don't know if that's exactly yeah how it'll kind of be perceived but i do hope like that's not what they're they're trying to do and if it's not what they're trying to do i'm a bit like why are you doing this then it just doesn't make any sense to me what i thought was good this week is we did start to we saw some of those aspects of gray that were like very very present when chantal was alive and when Mm. he was like abusive with her and we saw them start to like show through in different contexts so obviously we saw him kind of losing it at kira and then there was a conversation where whitney was kind of calling him a hero and stuff and he was just like he just looked so smug i was like oh there's that guy that we know ew yeah i still i know we've spoken about peter's acting and i know we haven't always agreed about gray but i still have this an issue with angry gray like when he went into that snarl at that kira and when he kind of curls his like top lip and it's a bit like this is so like oh god like i just don't i just don't believe it like um yeah it's just not convincing to me but as you say like the point of the you know them doing that was to kind of reveal this other kind of dimension to to his character that whitney and others just haven't seen Um, yeah and his kids maybe to a certain extent haven't seen yeah um and i hope we're now on the road to like full okay this is who he is and what i'm really pleased about is that now kira has kind of you know is moving through that grieving process is getting some of his confidence back he's also getting his confidence to call out gray again oh yeah it's great to see kira back on gray's case i was so pleased they brought that back absolutely so from one awful abusive person to another um we actually saw mick turning to horrible evil katie this week oh my god yeah and there was a obviously the build-up to it he contemplated like self-harm possibly suicide in in that clip of him um wanting to drive into into a wall um he's he's in a very very bad place um what i found interesting about the scene between him and katie is that for a while, and I don't know if you saw the same thing, I wondered if he was setting her up um, because there was a whole kind of like, you know, it went, the conversation started in one place, then it went into another place of him saying, like, I think I need to see a therapist. I think I need to get professional help. And her like pulling him back from that. I initially read it as like, is he trying to see how she reacts because he started saying like oh i need somebody to pull this out of me there's like something within me that i need kind of being pulled out of me and that was so on the nose that i was a bit like is he Mm. kind of trying to like bait her into you know seeing what her reaction is but i think ultimately where i got to is that that's not probably what they were doing but yeah i don't know where you were on on that conversation um yeah i guess at the start of that scene i was like yeah is he trying to like have it out with her has he realized that she was gaslighting him and then I was kind of like "Mm, is she actually being nice are EastEnders going down the route of like Mick 
kind of created a false memory there as that was happening, which concerned me. And then mm. for me, like when Mick said, I think I need therapy and she jumped in to prevent that from happening. That was the bit where I was like, oh yeah, she's awful. And he, and it makes sense that he's like turning to her and kind of getting more like tangled up in all of that and I thought I thought that was really well done should we actually listen to that clip of him speaking to Katie let's do it but you didn't only because they all came back to the car she forgot her bags or something you don't know that you would have even if she hadn't but that's the point I don't know and if it happens again and this time I'm on the road and L and Ollie are in the car. I need to talk to someone. I think I need some therapy and uh, I need someone to get inside my nut and tell me what's going on. But you are talking to someone, you're talking to me. You said it yourself, you're not a shrink. No, but... I just think there's something else going on here. I just don't think it's gonna help. Why? Because I was there. You said it yourself. I know what it was like back then. I know what you were like. No shrink is even going to begin to understand that. And no shrink is going to care like I do. Hmm. Yeah. I'm tr- I'm trying to work out if I think that scene was actually really good or not. And I think that clip really kind of sums up what I was getting at earlier. So he says, um, I think there's something else going on here. Um, and I need to speak to someone. And then she says, um, I don't think it will help. And then he just responds with why. And I think there's kind of two ways of like thinking about that. I think we kind of just read it like without any kind of, you know, without reading between the lines. And, you know, he wants some therapy. She knows what she did. So she pulls him back from that. And he doesn't realize that's what she's doing. I think that's what maybe they were trying to do. Um, but I I don't know if they wrote it well enough because as I say like it's it's him saying why like um, it feels so kind of accusatory of going like why would you not want me to do this and I just feel like if if they weren't trying to make it out that he was trying to bait her I feel like they could have just phrased that exchange um, without having to kind of be so obvious to the audience as to what what was happening there i didn't um i didn't get that impression at all like at the start when you had her in the restaurant mm. and he and he was like kind of talking to her about all of it i was like oh is he trying to is he trying to like get her into a conversation about what happened but actually like it didn't at all after she kind of shot down the idea of the therapy i didn't at all think that he was like trying to bait her or anything for me like I thought this week was really, really cleverly done with the storyline with like we saw so many examples of Mick acting in ways that were really strange and quite out of character and him like really struggling with not knowing where that was coming from or how to control it. Um, And I thought that it was so clever having that scene with him and Katie where she uses the exact same techniques that she would have used to abuse him back in the home where it's kind of like you know no one cares about you but I care about you no one understands you but I understand you you can't tell anyone because they won't get it 
I'm the only person who can protect you. Like, I thought it was really cleverly done that we saw that all, like, play out again. Yeah, I'm going to put my neck out here and say, and I'm not confident of this, and I think I agree with exactly what you're saying, particularly the way that Katie has been played. Like, I think she, you know, her introduction, her gaslighting was kind of, like, second to none. Now that she's getting a bit tetchy, we're seeing this other side of her, and I think they're writing her dialogue perfectly. I'm going to put my neck out here and say there is more to uh, where Mick is than maybe we're seeing. And I think, okay, I'm just going to lay my case out very quickly. Okay, so when the storyline first started, we saw like um, he was convinced that uh, Katie did all the things that, um, you know, he initially thought that Frankie was his daughter um he was brought back from that from meeting Katie but then we did get the other scene of him with Linda um when they were talking about the dress and him misremembering the dress of her then misremembering the dress and that took him back to a place of going you know what maybe it isn't my memory that is completely screwing things up like uh here maybe there is more to kind of discover here then we got the scene of him initially going to Shirley last week and I wonder there if that was him going to Shirley go like I need to figure out what happened and then the kind of final piece for me is that apart from the way I read that conversation and I'll totally accept that you could read that conversation in other ways but at the end of it him saying I need to go back to the home and I want to go back with you I feel like is such a kind of proactive like kind of thing to do in that scenario and it doesn't fit with somebody who's like in a really dark place and doesn't know what to do like that just feels like a very confident like kind of response as I say I'm, I could be making like so much out of nothing there but like I just I'm just sniffing something out there no I think you've um I think you've turned me around I hadn't put all those pieces together but now that you say it <laughs> I'm like oh my god is he gonna take her back to the home and and like exact some sort of revenge wow i hadn't even thought of that you're so good at these things you know i don't put all these pieces together like the whole uh ian's gonna get whacked thing as well but the thing is i'm not 100% convinced of that and i don't want to convince you i just think it would be like a it was an interesting i think it would be nice to see like whether like my over the top sleuthing actually is onto something or like your kind of more empathetic reading of the situation like is a much better reading of it no I think I think it definitely could be I mean it's much more EastEnders isn't it that like Mick will like go to this home and have some sort of intense like confrontation with her but as you say like EastEnders has got space to kind of treat these issues with like more seriousness and like you know, the kind of reality of, of those situations. So they don't need to do the Hollywood treatment. So I think they might be doing that, but I hope they're not. <laughs> Let's wait and see. So from one traumatized yeah. man to another, um, we saw quite a bit of Kush in the attic this week. Oh, Kush, 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 Kush. What have they done to you? He's such a mess. Yeah. I mean, I think. What I want them to do is to explore the kind of more mental health aspects of, of where he is and how he's got there. And I think they were going down that route a little bit. It's got a little bit stuck in like, 
Kat's relationship with 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 him, and I'm not saying that's not a part of it, but like I feel like they're doing it at the expense of looking at kind of like Kush's psyche and to some extent Kat's like psyche. Although we are seeing a bit more of that, and then it got a little bit silly. Although I did enjoy it when like Kat obviously knocked out Jack. I actually absolutely loved that episode. I really enjoyed like Whitney being all suspicious and like trying to make um, Jack stay in the kitchen and stuff. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. It's just, I guess my problem is that I do hope this doesn't now stop them from revisiting, um, yeah, the kind of mental health aspects of like how Kush got to like where he is now. Yeah, but I feel like, we're always so torn, aren't we? Like you and I love to discuss like the social issues element of um of EastEnders, and we can get like so deep into those conversations. But we also like love the entertainment side of it, and I feel like we're both a little bit we're like on a seesaw, being like, "Entertain us, no, teach us about social issues, no." And so I'm always like, oh, "I just don't know. I don't even know what I want out of it." Like I loved Cat like whacking Jack over the head and them escaping and like even like Kush confronting Phil and stuff like loved all that entertaining aspect but I do agree that they have sort of put the mental health bit of it to one side this week yeah and actually like and as I say like as you say like we do swing both ways and I thought in terms of kind of really adding to like the kind of yeah the the comicalness of like is that a word like anyway the comedy aspect of like the whole storyline I thought they used Stacey so well and I just thought she was absolutely brilliant like in the scenes that she had last week she wasn't on screen a lot but like I just like it like because with Stacey they've done loads of mental health storylines and then sometimes like you forget that she just does this kind of like um yeah she just does whatever she was doing last week like so well yeah should we actually listen to a clip of uh stacy and cat and whitney all together because i thought this scene was brilliant oh my god um so it's number four yes please let's go martin's been bending my ear about his bff i don't know why he didn't just marry kush instead of ruby he talks more about him than he does about her what did you say well, you know me, I'm like the three wise monkeys all rolled into one. I just said, I ain't seen him, I ain't heard from him, I don't know nothing. Good, keep it that way. Well, I can't see Kush camping out under them rafters for too much longer, can you? No, not with Sonia on the way back anyway. Yeah, he ain't too keen on that either. He ain't thinking about turning himself in, is he? Of course not. But? He's thinking about doing a runner. What, from the square? Well, it wouldn't be much of a runner if he legged it back to number 31, would it? All right. He might not even be able to do that. Suki gets her way and kicks us all out. He wants us both to go. Fresh start, clean slate and all that. Oh, my God. You know what? That is the <laughs> spin-off I want. Yeah. Cat, uh, Whitney and Stacey. Can you imagine that? Oh, it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? And Jean as well. Oh, my God. Like... And also, do you know what, actually, uh, circling back all the way to, to Peter that we were discussing at the beginning, if you want to hear accents done well, just that that conversation, I just thought, like, that just, yeah, I just thought it was a really great, like, interaction of, like, proper East End women just having a chat about some useless man that's that fucked up and, <laughs> and just getting it on point. Oh, it's absolutely in a different league, isn't it? It's just it's hard to believe it's even the same show. Yeah, I think Peter needs to spend some time with with those three slash four and 
sort himself out and stop going, I think this and honest that and it's like, mate, this is you're not you're not Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> honest. What was that? <laughs> oh god, he literally does sound like Dick Van Dyke. It's oh. a mess. He's an absolute mess. But um anyway, we've got we've got these better characters to to keep us going and uh yeah, I mean I guess just the kind of last thing on that, where do you think they've gone? Do you think they've gone to France? Oh, have they gone to France? I don't know. They don't normally go as far as France. They go on the run to like Watford or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <exactly. laughs> also, yeah, coronavirus. I reckon they'll go to France for a bit. Yeah, I mean they're not remotely bothered about coronavirus now on the square. Um, even Bobby's OCD now is just just his OCD. It's got nothing to do with the virus. So they've just like. They've not bothered. Like, did you see all the? I think they're doing an amazing job of like filming and like. Obviously, they're using these partitions and they're using like post-production like techniques to to make people look closer. Yeah. But also, particularly last week, they have completely dispensed with any idea that this coronavirus. Yeah, they have. And to be honest, I'm sort of glad. Like, I wasn't enjoying the in-between limbo bit. And I wonder if the writers just looked at like you know the situation with the second wave in the UK and like moving towards when we were in October and we were clearly kind of heading towards what would need to be a second lockdown. I wonder if they just went right. We can't keep like pretending that we're in the same world anymore. Right. Do you think they're going to get the uh, the vaccines on the square? <laughs> I think they'll do that thing where, like, they drop one line about it in, you know? Like, they do it with every kind of big event, like, uh, if, they're, if right. there's, like, the World Cup's on or if there's an election right. or if, like, you know, remember the Royal Family dies or something, like, they'll drop it in. They'll have a line about it, but let's not dwell on it. Well, they'll have to get the timing perfectly because can you imagine if they, like, so they film it, like, like two months in advance and can you imagine if they're, like, okay, yeah, we're going to have the vaccine in two months, <laughs> let's mention it, and then there's a complete disaster and we have to watch this timeline on screen of like everybody having had the vaccine and us still waiting for it. <laughs> oh, I think they should do it just to like show the nation what could actually oh be happening God. in this country if we had a functioning government. They can't troll us. You can't troll us, EastEnders. I refuse to, to let it happen. Like the <laughs> our actual timeline is so depressing that I don't need to see how much better it could be. So, um, yeah, but I think we've possibly wrapped up this week. I think we might have done, you know, we kind of said, actually, we were chatting before recording and we were talking about how there's um, a kind of limited number of characters on the square at all, all points. Um, so there's really only kind of like three or four storylines playing out at the same time, which I'm quite enjoying, you know. Absolutely. And it does not stop us from recording more than an hour on our podcast. It absolutely does not. We are committed to the one hour long podcast. So... Thanks to those of you who made it this far. <laughs> exactly. You're never going to get tight and punchy, but you'll get loose and uh, whatever the opposite of punchy is on, on our podcast. Rambly. Loose and rambly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it might be that time. You know what time it is. Hey, Nav. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eastender of the week. Eastender of the week. Who is your EastEnder of the week? Oh my God, we've got lines, we've got full on like. I've been working on oh it. Oh my God, I don't know musical terms, but like. Oh yeah. Okay, so my EastEnder of the week, I kind of have already said it. I'm saying it again. I thought she was brilliant, and it was uh, it was Stacy. 
Way. Oh, so good. Yeah. And she was what in like three scenes or something. So go on, Lacey Turner. Amazing. Scene stealer extraordinaire. She absolutely smashed it. Well, well done. So good. When do you think she's going to go on maternity leave again? Never. Cancel maternity leave. <laughs> no maternity leave for Lacey. No. She already had one baby. Exactly. She must stay on screen for the benefit of our podcast. How dare she? <laughs> um i mean no we are pro we are pro maternity leave we're pro workers rights on this podcast but um we just love to see her on the screen fine fine (laughs) boring anyway tell me who your eastern of the week is so uh from a similar crew of people my eastern of the week this week is whitney oh my god she was amazing yeah, I mean, we've been chatting a bit about wanting to see like more sides of Whitney's character. And although she was like very much in a supporting role this week, I thought it was really nice to see like cheerful, friendly, on it Whitney. Like her relationship with Grey definitely seems to be kind of stabilizing as a friendship rather than some horrible, abusive entanglement again. And also, right. I thought, yeah, as I said, like love the scene with her and Jack. And also, what I thought was really funny about that is she like actually reminded me of Tiff quite a lot like I think those two are very believable sisters um so that was quite nice like we've had quite a few kind of comedy-esque scenes with um Tiff and with Stuart and Rainey so yeah it was nice to like see a big sister kind of doing similar things I think like in terms of actors knowing their characters like I think she knows her character like inside out because even with all the mm. kind of lightness of like her character last week, there's she still got this kind of like, you know, she still worries about stuff. So like the the clip we played of like Stacy, Cat, and Whitney, like it was quite funny to see like the difference like uh, between them <laughs> as well as their similarities. So yeah. like Cat kind of quite bolshy but also kind of you know kind of I don't want to say weather beaten because that sounds quite misogynistic <laughs> but like do you know what I mean like you can tell she's like she's she's lived a life she's she's gone she's through lived. some shit yeah. um she's lived and like Stacy is Stacy like I don't know how to describe Stacy but she is just like one in a million and then but like Whitney you can tell she kind of looks up to them like this still but she also fits the dynamic really well I think she just she plays that character like so so well yeah, totally. I, I totally get what you mean there. Like, I think she's an actor who always has thought about the character's intention so thoroughly. Everything she does right. is very convincing. Absolutely. Well done. I think Shona McGarthy, that's that's the uh, yeah. actor's name. Well done. Great. Great. Um, have you got a prediction? Have I got a prediction? I am going to have to come up with one off the cuff. And I think that... You know what? I do have a prediction, and it's my fanciful Mick KE revenge storyline prediction. Yes. I don't know how much of it we're going to see next week, but I'm committed to it now. I'm going for it. It's a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah, I think that could definitely happen. I'm excited for it. The big revenge storyline. If they do it well, and I know maybe we are not being responsible, but I'm happy to dispense with maybe what they should have done with that storyline. If they do it really well, I'll be like, you know what? Okay, maybe, you know, don't look to the soap in terms of if you want, you know, a full understanding of how these, you know, situations play out. But if you want delicious, like, revenge, then I hope 
if they're going to do it, they do it really, really well. Yeah, I hope they do. And I, I think it, I think they could do. I think it could be very good. Could happen. What's your uh, prediction? Um, so my prediction, I feel like it's kind of an obvious one and maybe it's just like definitely going to happen, but, uh, feel like I've been a bit down on my luck recently with predictions, so I'm going to make it <laughs> and hope just to get a win for next week, you know? Um, I think Linda's going to win the Lucy Beale award. <laughs> you really are going for some, for an easy win there, aren't you? <laughs> Come on. It's been such a long time. Yeah, fine. You can have it. And Let if you win, it. then, you know. It will be a hollow victory, but a victory nonetheless. What I wanted to say, I wanted to give the prediction again of the Max and Linda affair will happen. I actually... You can't do it. You can't do it for I think it's going to happen in two weeks' time. I think next week, Linda's going to win the award. Mick is going to go further down this rabbit hole of dealing with what's happened with Katie. And he's going to be like even more distant from Linda. And then I think the week after that is when the affair will happen. I know I've said it a lot of times, but I've got a really strong feeling about this one. <laughs> you know what? I will I will allow this, even though I'm not the arbiter, but I'm allowing it. <laughs> um, because you've kind of given detail there. So like we can we can check you on your detail. Um, and you know what will be incredibly funny is if Linda doesn't win the award. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been pretty fucking far off with my predictions for quite a few weeks now, so I don't think it's out of the question. But like, are there even any other contenders? Like, we've not seen anyone else apply for that. So. I mean, the, the, there is the other scenario, though, of, like, Peter basically robbing the entire thing blind, so maybe she does win and there's nothing to win. Yeah, she might win it. Peter will steal the foundation money and then frame Bobby for attempted murder of Ian. I think we're both now convinced that a framing of Bobby is on the cards from Peter. So let's see how it happens. Let's see. Oh my God. I think we've wrapped up another incredible episode of Get Out of My Pod. I think we have. Um, shout us on Twitter with your uh, your predictions, your thoughts on our thoughts. What's our Twitter handle? Get out of my pod. Just all one word. Oh, very, very clear. Or four very words easy. in one word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out outer. So it's O U double T A and then my pod. Um and actually, I don't think we've ever asked for ratings on the podcast apps, right? Um and I don't really know how it works, but I've been told that if we get rated well on iTunes and other stuff, it it kind of helps us get get noticed. So yeah, oh, cool. five star ratings, please. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we know people listen to this. Can't think why, but thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give us a little thank rating and much. we'll try harder in future. <laughs> we will, I promise, I promise. We, I think, you know, you know what, the fact's like we have pretty much reviewed every week of EastEnders since uh, March. I think that's a pretty big achievement. Oh, it's huge for us, absolutely huge. Incredible, incredible from us. Oh, well done us. Great work. Well done us. Well done for you, to you for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> bye.